and welcome to Just Plain Sense, the Equality and Diversity Podcast. I'm Christine Burns. The city of Liverpool has one of the oldest established Chinese communities in Europe. Trade between the port and China dates back over 175 years, and the first Chinese immigrants settled there about 30 years later in 1866. Nowadays, it's easy to fall into the trap of thinking that economic migration into Britain is a relatively new thing. As a rule, we tend to think more about the arrival of people from the West Indies to staff the new National Health Service in 1948, or Europeans arriving from countries like Poland following the enlargement of the European community. It's easy to forget that there have been many waves of immigration before that, creating the diverse society we are today. Each community was new once. Maybe there are therefore some lessons to learn from this about how such communities settle and become part of the scenery. And how does their identity change in the process? Alan Sitwo is Vice-Chair of the Liverpool Chinese Business Association. He's also a Knowledge Management Specialist at Liverpool's Edge Hill University, where I've come to meet him today. I'm hoping you can tell us a lot more about how the Chinese community in Liverpool became established and how people have adapted over time. Alan, welcome to Just Plain Sense. Could we begin maybe with a little bit about your own background? My tie with the local Chinese community came from both personal experiences as well as career development. I was originally born in Hong Kong and I came over to Liverpool for study about 22 years ago. When I was studying, I had to find jobs to support myself, and that was my first experience of knowing and working with the members of the local Chinese community. I found their culture was very different from what I used to be uh, in Hong Kong. After completing my higher education in Bolton, I returned to Liverpool and I started working in a community project which published bilingual English and Chinese newspaper. This project gave me the opportunity to learn more about the community, especially about the British Chinese identity. The experiences of working closely with the community helped me to move to the area of community librarianship. I then worked in the Liverpool Public Libraries for nine, nine years and set up a popular Chinese libraries and information services. Currently, I'm working in Achille as part of a library project aiming to support voluntary and community groups by making the best use of information technology and digital information resources. Well, that's certainly a very full answer. Uh, can you tell us a little bit more about the, uh, the Liverpool Chinese Business Association? The Liverpool Chinese Business Association is a voluntary organisation supporting both the business sector and the established voluntary groups within the local Chinese communities in the Merseyside area. The association was set up in 1992 to coordinate efforts with other organisations to regenerate the Chinatown area. And how did Chinese people live and work in Liverpool? Uh, Based on the 2005 uh, national statistic, it's estimated uh, in Liverpool there's about 6,800. 6, and in recent Liverpool City Council poll filing, uh, it estimates we have about 5,000 um, Chinese live and work in Liverpool. 5,000. How did they come to be here? Well, Liverpool was one of the oldest established Chinese communities in Europe. The trade links between China and Britain, via the ports of Shanghai and Liverpool, were instrumental in the establishment of Chinese community within the city. The main trading goods were silk and cotton wool. 
The first vessel arrived in Liverpool direct from China in 1834. With the revision of the East India Company's charter, the China's trade was for the first time thrown open to private enterprise. The first wave of Chinese immigrants arrived in 1866 with, a, with the establishment of the Blue Funnel Shipping Line, which ran a line of streamer from Liverpool to China. Chinese sailors who decided to stay in Liverpool and work from here settled in an area of the city that was close to the docks in Cleveland Square. Boarding houses were first opened by the company to accommodate their workers. It was here and in the surrounding streets that the first Chinese settlers start their own businesses, supplying services to their fellow countrymen. So the the association originally was to do with、uh, with with trade and in things like silk. Is that still the case? Well, obviously, as time goes by,、um, the association between Liverpool and China developed much further. And nowadays, we no longer have as much、um, cotton and silk、uh, goods to trade, you know, with China. But the、um, business in, and education activities are still ongoing through community organisation like ourselves, as well as other long-established group. For、um, the immigrant who communicate, maintain their links with China, we used to rely on purely printed material, which may take. Weeks, you know, to arrive from China to Hong Kong, but today's modern technology help a great deal for、uh, our fellow countrymen to maintain links and keep themselves up to date information about what's happening in the Far East. Going back to the the early eighteen hundreds, then did Chinese people when they first came here have any problems settling as a migrant population? Well, issue of racism and language barriers are common among people that we are, you know, supporting to even, you know,、uh, from today. And a couple of years ago,、uh, we had、uh, a study carried out in perception and attitude towards crime in the local Chinese community. Race hate crime was one of the most common problems in Chinese catering outlets. Understanding of the definition of race hate crime among these victims is very low. Some participants of this study felt they were targeted because of their ethnic origins. They also find their English language skills were not sufficient enough for them to explain their problems. For Chinese who born in the UK vow Chinese to Chinese marriage or cross-cultural marriage, our experience of working with them suggests the understanding of cultural identity is one of the key issues.、Uh, sorry, could you just ex- explain what you mean by that then? In terms of、um, the British-born Chinese, when they were born in this country,、um, their association with China may not necessarily、uh, as great as their、um, older generation. They f- they mainly receive their education、uh, locally, but mainly about Western Europe. So apart from their physical appearance、um, as Chinese, their understanding. And links, you know, with China is very little. So they find when they grow up,、um, they find it very difficult to understand why they have to embrace some of our traditional values and、uh, beliefs. But were you saying that that difference in the sort of cultural outlook can also influence the the amount of、uh, racial hate crime that is experienced? I would say those who suffer, you know, from the racial hate crime, they tend to be、um, new immigrants. As well as、um, people who may not necessarily have a strong、um, interaction with the mainstream activities, 
some of our members they still very keen on reading Chinese language materials, and because of their background and the types of the working hours that engage with, so their understanding and appreciation of mainstream activities may not necessarily as the same level as uh, our uh, as other communities. So when they deal with you know um, antisocial behavior. They felt, you know, it's just one of the. Um, uh, they would. They just felt it's one of the um, business they have to deal with. They didn't quite understand it may necessarily link it to their ethnic origin that they are targeted, but only when the study carry out, then they realize. Well, yeah, um, they, none of our other businesses in the same street offering the service suffer that type of verbal abuses. And only then, you know, they are aware the about race, hate, crime. Right. I, I suppose what you're describing actually is an experience that that happens in other communities as well. It, it happens in part of the Jewish community, certain parts of the Asian community as well, um, with with new incomers. Do you have any any tips from the experience of of, of the Chinese community over you know, nearly 150 years uh, about how to uh, to integrate more quickly? When I spoke to um, our fellow countrymen uh, who have been here since the uh, 1950s, um, they told me every weekend they expect there will be some sort of physical violence you know, in the out- um, takeaway or, or restaurant outlet. And they never felt the authority fully appreciate you know, the difficulty they had. And some were even accused um, the uh, police authority being biased to the customer. And unfortunately, they don't necessarily have any method to deal with apart from physical encounter. So that creates a lot of unpleasant, you know, outcome from these experiences. And in gen- generally, their attitude is pull up, you know, with this um, prejudice and discriminative behavior, and just being flexible. But I think nowadays, um, our young people who have more understanding. About their right, about mm-hmm. the uh, this discriminative behavior is not acceptable. Mm-hmm. They tend to um, go along, you know, the routes of trying to be reasoned, you know, with the customer, and report it, you know, to the police. And if the police didn't arrive, and they know now they have the right to complain, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and and uh, and and state their case. Um, but apart from that. They still believe, you know, is something um, they have to pull up with. They have we haven't actually have any uh, thorough solution yet, but there are measures, uh, police and the community group trying to put in place to support victims who suffer, you know, from this crime, so they can report, you know, the crime more easily through the language line. But at the same time, trying to raise awareness about the definition of race hate crime. Because I, I think you know, I, I've fallen into that trap that I think we all tend to think about race hate crime in terms of people of African origin or um, West Indian origin or perhaps people uh, who are obviously um, Muslim believers, uh, and we don't tend to think about other groups in society who may be just as just as um, susceptible to to race hate. That's right. I think you know the um, idea of race hate crime. We tend to feel is is um, targeted for black people with in terms of you know the the the, uh, the tone of the skin, but obviously you know Chinese are also among the victims you know of this race hate crime, 
And uh, I also mentioned about the issue of racism. Some of our youngsters, when they um, finish their university um, education, they try to apply jobs. Sometimes they fail because, again, of their ethnic origin. Mm. They're being marginalized of some of their career opportunities. And when we look at the amount of people involved with today's Chinese catering, a lot of them, they will graduate from the university. Mm. Some reasons they decide to stay in their family business rather than pursue, you know, their career path. Is that is that cultural pressure from the family or is that something within themselves? I think there's a number of elements contribute, you know, to their decision of staying in the family business. The experience that we had, you know, through the work of the associate as well as myself working with these families suggests um, it's quite common when they finish job, they they did try to look for the career that they wanted to. Um, because of the family, uh, their parents they may not necessarily have any experience working in the mainstream, so they can't really give them much support when they suffer from failure of interview. Then, because of the family um, tie, they will persuade um, these young people to stay in the family business. And for them, it at that point, that seems to be a... Uh, 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 attractive option rather than going out you know to um, look for a job again so I, I can I can see how this works and so you, you you're a young person you you apply for job you get pushed back by by employers and then your family is in a much stronger position to say well look you know you see it doesn't work come and work in the family business we need you it's all traditional and, and so on yeah that's right and it's convenience too mm. because most of these young people they were brought up in the family business so they know about the trade they know how to you know operate it and the reward um, running the business looked more um, attractive than working in the, in any companies, so that explains some of the reasons why we had a large number of um, people decided to stay in the uh, the catering rather than pursue you know their career path. What are the historical reasons why Chinese immigrants have worked in particular types of, of, of area? Like, I mean, it used to be Chinese laundries, and now, nowadays it's, it's catering, and that's a very important part of the life of many cities. Well, in early days, uh, when uh, laundry uh, was popular, was because it's a type of industry where Chinese find is easy to assess to. That particular type of uh, work required very little English language skills, but lots of lots of laboring time and uh, hard work in general. So, but when the washing machine became more popular, and we have a new wave of immigrants from southern part of China and uh, Hong Kong came to Liverpool, and in the UK in general, Chinese catering industry became popular, and nowadays we still have a large number of our members involved with catering industry, whether it's a restaurant, takeaway, or cash and carry, or even food manufacturing businesses. And um, we still a small, see a small number of people interested in setting out different types of business, such as IT, graphic design, and maybe you know um, the, food, uh, the clothes manufacturing. But it isn't in great number. I was going to come on to that because, of course, that, those are the new industries for China itself. Massive manufacturing, microelectronics. Uh, yeah, so many of the clothes we buy on the high street come from China as well. So is there a scope for that to develop further? 
definitely there's a lot of potential business potential now offering you know in China and uh, within the association through personal contact or through the association um, contact in China we're encouraging more young people to consider uh, building up links whether it's a business link or whether it's a cultural link you know with um, China in order to um, develop their, their own interests further and um, one of the, I think, difficulties for our young people who was born in this country is about language. Mm-hmm. It's about the understanding of chi- culture in China. It's not necessarily the same as what we are, you know, in the, in Britain. So you mean that young people might have a, as as little understanding of the the, the many Chinese dialects as as, as I do, um, and 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 struggle in the same way. That's right. For example, in Liverpool, we mainly have four dialects um, in um, talking, uh, speaking in the community, which are uh, Mandarin, Cantonese, Siap or Hakka. And Mandarin has only became popular the last 10 years when we have a large number of immigrants from mainland China. But our um, traditional dialects are mainly Cantonese. So for those who learn how to speak Cantonese may not necessarily work throughout the country in China. At the same time, our British-Chinese culture is very different from mainland. We embrace a lot of um, ideologies from the West and under our traditional value. For example, uh, people in the community understand and appreciate about the diversity and equality agenda. Mm-hmm. That may not necessarily the same case in mainland. No. And for our younger people, the only route for them to understand the uh, the overseas Chinese culture nowadays, apart from internet, is through um, connection with community groups and their activities. If you are not connected with these activities the chances for you to fully appreciate those values are much less than those who did. It, it sounds to me, actually, as if we're in, in danger of missing a trick uh, in Britain um, in terms of not being able to capitalise enough upon the, that, that expertise and, and potential for building stronger trade links between, between the North West, say, and, and you know, the, the, the biggest uh, manufacturing nation in the world. Yes, indeed. It's only the last five years um, the schools in the UK are more interested about Mandarin and they're more interested about the international perspective of what all China can offer. And I believe if we, need, if we want to maintain the same level of interest you know, in the wider community as well in the, in the Chinese community for our young people, we need to have more activities, more constru- um, formal education programme to introduce different aspects of China. Mm-hmm. So no matter whether you're Chinese or non-Chinese, we all will have uh, an opportunity and skill and some basic understanding about how we engage with China better. And if anybody is interested in, in learning more in that way, way what, what, are there places they can go? Currently, there's a number of places people can find out more about information of China and Chinese culture and languages. On the community level, we have an organization called Wasing Chinese Community Center, which is a voluntary organization. They offer community language uh, lessons uh, every Sunday. 
currently they have in average about 250 young people Chinese young people studying uh, in their center every Sunday apart from from the community organization that I mentioned before there are other vocational um, courses often from uh, higher education and colleges about Mandarin and about Chinese studies that people you know obviously can uh, enroll to at the same time, uh, I find personally quite useful um, on the web, BBC, they do have some basic information about China. But what I would say is for people who really interest about you know, uh, Chinese culture, go to your local Chinese community, talk to them and find out what are the uh, resources available to you. And that's as near as the nearest Chinese restaurant? Well, Chinese restaurant is one way. <laughs> of getting know about people um, because through cooking and eating we learn a lot about uh, each other and culture as well as so do you think on balance then that that Liverpool gains a lot from from having a, a Chinese community from an economic point of view the city of Liverpool gained a great deal of having the oldest Chinese community in Europe for example in 2008 Liverpool was awarded the um, European capital of culture and we have the training you know with China uh, with Shanghai and this year we celebrate the 10th anniversary and we also have the Chinese ceremonial arch built in year 2000 and became the con- one of the country's landmark mm. it generates a great deal of tourism to the city and so from that point of view it certainly um, the Liverpool Chinese community contribute a great deal to the city through tourism as well as through our cultural diversity activities. Uh, and what do you think that newer migrant communities can learn from the, you know, the long-term experience of, of the, Ch- the Chinese community? The Liverpool Chinese community came a long way through the first settlement in the dock and I mentioned about some of the issues that they deal with about racism, about language barrier. But throughout the years, Chinese learn about a balancing act. While we were trying to maintain the traditional cultural values and beliefs, at the same time we learn how to adapt and how to face challenges. So I think from that point, is although we may be seen as one of the silent um, communities, um, but in reality, people are making sense through their cultural beliefs and how to adapt, you know, changes. Alan, thank you very much. I've been speaking to Alan Sitwo, Vice Chair of the Liverpool Chinese Business Association. If you want to learn more about LCBA, then they have a website at www.lcba.com. And that, as usual, brings us to the end of another episode of Just Plain Sense. If you'd like to hear more, then the place to go is our website, which is podcast.plain-sense.co.uk. Join us again soon for another episode on a topic of equality and diversity. For now, though, it's goodbye and thank you for listening. Just Plain Sense is a Plain Sense Limited production. Mm-hmm.